Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Swings here and he drives one deep in the center. Puig is racing back, still going back. He looks up, it's gone! Over the center field wall for Hunter Pence. Pence will touch them all and score them all. A grand slam for Hunter Pence. It's not easy when it's tough. That's when you find out what you're made of. You get so much Brisbee in your ears if you want it. If you want Brisbee, oh gosh, you get it. Anybody want coffee? I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Yes! 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 I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. You're listening to The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 32 of The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Hunter Pence, this is going to be a victory lap for you. The prediction master, the 32 episodes, we came on here and you said the Braves were going to win the World Series. Book this. Braves. Bravos. Bravos to the World Series and winning it all. And I know we talked last week about how it wasn't that simple. I don't care. You get to take a victory lap. Come on. How are you doing? Well, Grant, I don't think I necessarily get to take a victory lap, although I am glad they won because I did kind of pop off on y'all a little bit when you said <laughs> that. Like, to, for me, the Braves, like saying that the Astros can hit good pitching and not the Braves when they just beat the Dodgers, who arguably had one of the best pitching staffs ever assembled, just like an insane pitching staff. At the beginning of the year when I picked the Braves to win it all, it was like, we're counting on Ronald Acuna Jr. We're counting on, you know, Charlie Morton not to break his leg, A, and B, to be the Charlie Morton that he's been in the last six years, which he had, like, a lot of hiccups. There was a lot of crazy things. This was not how you expected the Braves to win it all. Plus, I don't know if you saw this, but Trevor Plouffe predicted Braves over yes, Astros in six, which is pretty insane. So I got to take some humble pie, even though I was – pretty ridiculously lucky there all right well i will give you another chance though to take a victory lap because all postseason you've been like max freed max freed max freed is my guy max freed is a beast and he was like scuffling against the dodgers and like scuffling in his first world series start he wasn't shining through game six that was max freed that's the guy you've been hyping that's like he looked like you've been saying like top five starter like this guy is that much of a beast he looked like that in game six he was amazing yeah, he's definitely elite, elite, elite stuff. And, you know, his like first two starts in the playoffs were absolute dominance, you know, similar to what we saw last time. And then he had two 
you know, hiccup-ish things. Uh, one in a clincher and one in his first game in the World Series. I don't know exactly what happened. I didn't particularly get to see those. I I feel like when I w- had time and was free to watch, he like didn't give up any runs. I don't know if that's like you're the good I luck sent the energy because I my my faith in him is so strong. I'm like, dude, this guy. Watching him, you're like, this guy is nasty. He's throwing like wiffle ball yo-yo pitches. His changeup with 97, a nice little 91, 94-ish cutter. It's disgusting. And and he's got a lot of movement on that 97. So I think this Braves team reminded me a lot of the 2010 Giants. Just like, you know, a bunch of veterans from all over the place that, that kind of chip in. And Jorge Soler from the Royals. You know, they were counting on Marcelo Zuna, Ronald Acuna Jr. And, you know, they just kind of put together Adam Duvall as well and, and Jock Peterson. And these guys just kind of came together and everyone did their part at the right time. Now... Grant, I want to talk a little bit about another reason why I picked the Braves this year at the beginning of the season was watching last year. There's a, a big chance the Dodgers don't win the World Series last year if the Braves and the Dodgers were playing in their home field. Because if they're playing at home, Mookie Betts can't rob those homers that save the day against the Braves. And like if you watch like Dansby Swanson's home run in this World Series against the Astros to go up and win at home is maybe caught at the Rangers stadium, uh, you know, if they're not playing in their home field. So I was like, the Braves kind of got robbed last year. Like, I think they go to the World Series last year. So that, that was and, and that kind of just made it an easy pick for me. When you're talking about they had a 3-1 lead in the the championship series last year and they lost the last two games. One was a 3-1 loss to the Dodgers. The other was a 4-3 loss. Like, those are close games. And you can, like, a lot of stuff could have flipped either one of those games. You can't just say, oh, the Dodgers just blew past the Braves to take the, the pennant last year. No, it was a really tight series. And that's a good point about the fans and the dimensions and just being comfortable and all that stuff. And I love the comparison to the 2010 Giants because I've been thinking about it all postseason because everyone remembers the the Giants as being like, oh, it's Lincecum, it's Kane, it's Bumgarner. But in 2010, like it was Cody Ross, just the, the Marlins just saying, here, have a free Cody Ross. It was the Rays saying, here, have a free Pat Burrell. You know, it was them rebuilding two-thirds of the outfield on the fly. Now, the Braves won up to them. They, they got three outfielders on the fly, which is like next level. So I love that comparison. I think that works really well. A lot of things could have changed last year. And, and being that close and the pitching staff they had in such a weird 2020 year, sometimes when like you get robbed like that, it, it definitely kind of fuels a very powerful, you know, offseason. That pain kind of rubber bands you forward and, and, and helps you kind of get over that barrier. We're like, we're not taking this again. The Braves have suffered a lot of defeats on really good seasons. But then you couple that with the addition, like I said, of, of Charlie Morton. And, and I played last year with Drew Smiley, and, and maybe he wasn't as healthy this year, but last year Drew Smiley was disgusting. Nobody was hitting him. He was like 95. He had found like kind of a nice little rhythm, had a really good cutter. So unfortunately, Drew Smiley didn't quite you know carry on what he had done last year to this year. And Charlie, same thing, wasn't who you expected. But, you know, he, he showed up in the second half big time, and he was really good. And I think it was a, it, he was really good in the playoffs for them as well. Definitely sad to see him break the, the ankle. But the Braves just persevered. So kudos to them, you know, Freddie Freeman getting the ring. And I love that, like, Chipper called him out. He won the MVP, and he was like, you got to get your ring. Uh, there was just so many, like, stars aligning. I'm like, what, Chipper? Like, that's kind of a good thing, you know? So with this Braves team – 
Are there lessons we can learn and apply to future baseball teams, or is this going to be an outlier? What what I mean by that is at the trade deadline, they are 51 and 54. They're five games back in the East. Like they are just not doing hot. They have the lowest tied, lowest winning percentage at the, the all-star break in baseball history for a World Series champion. The last World Series champion to finish under 500 for the first half was the 1964 Cardinals. That's it. So should we be more lenient when a team is scuffling in July? Or should we just say, listen, that's not going to happen again. This is just a freaky outlier of a year. Honestly, the Braves, you can't really like judge it on that because if the Braves were in the West, there's no way they make those trades because they're so far behind the Giants, Padres, Dodgers, right? Like, But they were in a scuffling NL East. You're five back at the deadline. You've lost a lot of people. That's still a long ways, but there's no way they go for it if they're in the NL West. You're like 15 back at the deadline. So I, I do think, though, that they kind of knew – their pitching staff, they had the pitching staff. Let's just piece together. Let's get some, you know, I don't think there was also like they were sending off huge prospects for these guys that they brought in. They just brought in veterans. And I think Edgar Renteria made this comment to me one time, which I thought was really good. Uh, you know, he won multiple World Series championships. And he said, listen, veterans win championships. Like you get like you're young, you need a young, big superstar talent, but they're led and carried to win a championship from veterans. And these are veterans. These are mercenary veterans. Jock Peterson, Solaire, Duval. These guys are not going to bow down to the moment. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Eddie Rosario, your uh, NLCS MVP, who was outstanding because, you know, he didn't have as hot of a World Series. But it's veterans that win championships. And they just brought in veteran guys to add to what was already a very elite core that had. And I think it's also a culmination of many years of getting to the playoffs and just getting and, and, and having that pain and just losing. And I think those add to your experience and to your drive and make you better. So this World Series was won by the Braves, but it wasn't just a one year in the making for me. I feel like it was a culmination of the years prior and just a buildup of good decisions over a long haul. Now, d- tell me what you think about this, because watching you know the postseasons my entire life, but really getting into them and covering them over the last uh, decade plus, I've really come to appreciate the butterfly effect that leads to every championship. It's not just necessarily like an arm wrestling match where the stronger team, you know, you know, because he's stronger or the strong, the stronger arm wrestler, because he's stronger, puts down the other, you know, competitor. But it has to be this pitcher against this hitter with this light shining with this weather. You know, it's like all this just it just builds and builds and builds just like it's, a, you know, a, you're dealing out a billion different cards and you're seeing what your hand is like. Is that closer to it or is it more am I underrating just no, the stronger team is just going to do the stronger team things. I think baseball is more of the first one, uh, option A, the the kind of butterfly effect. There's a lot of there's a lot of decisions, a lot of things. Like I said, like I really do think that the stadium that they played in could have cost the Braves the World Series last year and give and, and helped the Dodgers. And obviously both teams are playing in the same stadium, but it's a different game in each stadium and that matters. And you know, like one strike call from an umpire, you know, like can really change a season or whatever the case may be. You know, we watched like, you would think of the 2005 White Sox who were about to lose a game. And I think Przinsky does like the spinner gets on first base and they win that game and don't lose another game the rest of the way. Who knows? Like when you change the pressure and they throw him out at first, and all of a sudden the White Sox lose game one and now they're like, 
it changes the emotions, it changes the momentum. So to me, I think every little thing kind of matters. And I think that baseball is just a very finicky sport. It actually gives me an appreciation like it used to be when, uh, you know, I'd watch and my team lost. It would be like, oh, you know, I'm mad at this. I'm mad at this decision. And now I think I have a better appreciation for, gosh, that just didn't go the way I was hoping for rather than blame or play the blame game. It's just, you know, when I think about the 2016 Giants, it's just like, well, you know, if this reliever were just flip-flop with this reliever, you know, like maybe it just would have been different rather than, oh, you know, this was the bad decision. It like it doesn't ease the pain when, when you're a fan, but it, it gives you a little bit of perspective. Like the champions that that end up winning are just like, they're not lucky. Luck is the wrong, wrong, wrong word. It's just, they've ridden that, that crest all the way there. Yeah. I wouldn't say like lucky. You definitely aren't going to call the Braves lucky. And, and I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of factors in this, but I do think like there's something to catching lightning in a bottle. And at the same token, you like, you have to be good and you have to like earn your right to be the one to get the chance to catch the lightning in the bottle. Like you have to find a way to the playoffs and then you have to actually earn it and, and make those moves. But like, there are a lot of things that kind of affect teams. Like I think it's somewhat unlucky for both the giants and the Dodgers. You know, I, I was texting with Buster yesterday and I was like, dude, how fun was 107 win season? And he was like, man, I tell you it was stressful. Like, cause we had to win every single game. There was not like a game where it was like, we don't have to win today. Cause the Dodgers were right there. Right. So I was like, man, I would imagine 107 wins being like celebration party, like good time, like relaxed. And he's like, no, it was hyper stressful. And you got to imagine the Dodgers. You know, I had a, sm- a conversation with uh, with Blake Traden when uh, he, he actually was like having an off day hanging out at the beach. And I was just like, oh, hey, no way. You're right, right outside my house. He was like, yeah, when we won like 90 some games with the A's, it felt like we won every single day. And we're like at 100 and some wins. And it feels like we are losing all the time because we're still behind the Giants so both of them had this weird like mental dysmorphia of the season that they were having and hyper stressed and then also you got a couple that if Scherzer doesn't have to close that game five like who's the Scherzer we see against the Braves so once again there's some weird scenarios with just the formation and everything that these two juggernauts are both stressed and worn down by the time they meet but at the same time the Braves bullpen was electric. They're batting. They had great at bats. They won this World Series dominantly. And uh, I think there's a lot to be said about it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yeah, that is the one thing, you know, trying to analyze both teams. That's the one thing I, I'm not necessarily sure that I was expecting uh, is, is how dominant the Braves bullpen was. And when you look back on it, like in retrospect, like Luke Jackson had a heck of a, a regular season. Will Smith, you know, we've both seen Will Smith a lot. He is a, a heck of a pitcher. Tyler Matzik has like one, just a tremendous baseball story. You know, he's he's been down, he's been up, he's been way down. And he, for him to come back and be like, you hear reminded me of like Andrew Miller, like just you throw him in against anybody. He's just not not giving up anything. AJ Minter was a little bit of a revelation. That's like the one area of the Braves that I really slept on. I know you yell at me because I, I disparaged their, their hitters compared to the Astros. The bullpen is the one I'm going to be toughest on me for because I think the bullpen's the reason they, they won essentially and shocker was, that's a yeah, shocker. I, I can't underrated, believe that underrated. bullpen was a big reason for their win. <laughs> Listen to Hunter Pence. I mean, you've been pounding this drum since uh, the first episode of Baseball Barista. And look at that. You're right. Well, when you play every single day over and over and you game plan over and over and over and you play it, you play like as an everyday player, you're locked into every single game for many, many years. 
And you have to face the other team's pitching and you have to play behind your pitching in the outfield. And I've had great bullpens, bad bullpens, all the like. And when you have the power and when is when you have a bullpen, you feel that. It gives so much confidence. You're like, all we have to do is get a lead and it's over. Like, you're done. When you feel that, it actually rallies you a little. Like, it, it gives you more. Into, like, when you're down, when you're behind just a little bit late, you're like, we just got to get ahead and it's over. Versus like, you have a lead and it's like never enough feeling as a team or even knowing that the other team's bullpen is really good. Like you go into it like feeling stressed, like you're like tight. Like if we give up a lead, it's like these guys are going to be really tough to get back in. So like that to me as an everyday player, I'm just like, whoa, if I was ever running a team, this is like the hugest key that no one talks about or gives enough credit to. And like this is what you feel as a player very strongly. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. The bullpens have become more and more important uh, in the modern game. But where I would, uh, like I agreed with you, I agree with you all season. But before the postseason started, I was thinking Brewers. I was thinking Hater. I was thinking Devin Williams before he broke his hand. Like I was looking at the Brewers as that's the team that's going to ride their bullpen all the way. I know their offense isn't all that, but I think they're going to ride that bullpen the Braves caught me napping. I was not looking. I thought if the Braves were going to win, it was because Freeman went off or Albies went off or Ian Anderson and Freed, you know, did their thing. I was not thinking of them as like a bullpen first dominant team. It was like, I agreed with you. Like I, the bullpen, the bullpen, bullpen is as important as it gets, but I was expecting the Brewers to be that team. Like before Devin Williams broke his hand. I was not expecting the Braves to be that team. I, maybe I should have, but like I was like, waiting for the Brewers or waiting for the Rays to be that team. Just not the Braves, I guess. I slept on them. Yeah, that Brewers-Braves series was was an intense one. And, and honestly, the Braves had a tough time and reasonably so. I think you expected that with you know the Brewers pitching. They were very tight games. Game one, the Braves lost to the Brewers was, was really scary because it was kind of like a... You know, the Ozzy Albies ground out to the first baseman, throw out to the to the catcher. But both teams had great pitching, and the Braves were just able to clutch up the hit. But but you're right. The Brewers and the Dodgers both had insane pitching, and uh, it could have been them. If it, I think losing Devin Williams was a big factor. I would have to go re-look at that series. But, uh, yeah, the Braves definitely had a battle on their hands with, with what the Brewers had put together. They just weren't able to hit the Braves. Yeah, more so than that, it's more that I was expecting the Brewers bullpen before Devin Williams got hurt to take them all the way through. Once Devin Williams got hurt, it was like, oh, okay, that's not good. That is a key cause. You still picked the Brewers to win knowing that he was hurt, though. I remember. I thought Hader, man. I thought like Hader was like, you could throw him anywhere like the Andrew Miller. It turns out it was Tyler Matzik. You know what I mean? Like the, the idea was that you would have this lefty who would match up against everyone but Matzik was a revelation. I mean, you know, he had first round stuff. He's always had first round stuff. To see him just mow through anybody, Brewers, Dodgers, Astros, whatever. Obviously, you want to go Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler for like MVP of the postseason or whatever. But Matzik is up there. Like he, he was just as valuable. Oh, yeah. 100% Matzik was, uh, he was that guy that just like, you don't win without Matzik. It was like that guy that that ends the the season, and and uh, you know Will Smith as well. And he kind of struggled going into the postseason, and and this is where I think the days off really helped. And man, he was did he? I don't think he gave up a run. Maybe he did, but like it seemed like he it was like stressless innings. Like when he came in, it was just over, and that was pretty impressive to watch. Will Smith, congrats to him. I know how hard he works and how awesome of a competitor he is. 
But there was something that uh, I wanted to hit on here that was that first series against the Brewers. If it wasn't for Jock Peterson, who didn't have a great World Series, but Jock was their whole offense, and it was just the, this pinch-hit homer guy. The pearls were going crazy until he broke the pearls. It kind of faded off. The new pearls, I guess, didn't have the same effect. But Jock, man, he uh, he definitely helped the Braves get through that series. The Braves got a lot of help from their hitters who, I don't know if temperamental is the right word, but the hitters who, kind of like an all-or-nothing hitter, like Jorge Soler, he is going to take his big swings. Jock Peterson's going to take his big swings. Not necessarily concerned about the strikeout-to-walk ratio. Not necessarily concerned about making contact all the time or, or slapping the ball to the opposite field to get the runner over. Like, they're just up there to take yuckadoo swings. And sometimes you get a month where it just doesn't just doesn't fly. But they were like alternating. Okay, now Peterson's down. Oh, Soler's hot. You know, Rosario's hot. Oh, now, now Soler's hot. Like they were just like perfectly timed. Like you couldn't plan it better. They weren't just all hot in the Brewers series and the Braves won 13 to 2 every game. And then they got to the Dodgers and then they're all cold. They It was like perfectly just placed. Everyone's, you know, hot at the right time. Yeah, they just passed the torch of hotness. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but at the, at the same time. The staple was like they found a way to score runs by one person being hot, but their pitching was was tried and true and just got the job done. And uh, that Astros lineup, you know, y'all were all talking about how good of hitters they were. Go look at the numbers. They got shut down. And I think this is another thing to say for all the people that are like the Astros are cheating. The Astros are cheating. They haven't hit in the World Series or been winning at home. The Astros haven't been cheating. They've been they've been just legit good. Okay, like I think that that has to go from now on. You know, like they, yeah, they did their thing. They got they got in trouble for it and whatever whatever you think about that. But the Astros have been losing in the World Series at home. They've had tough times at home, and that just shows you that that they're just good hitters. But they got beat by good pitching. Yeah, you were talking about uh, Will Smith, if he gave up a run, uh, he did not. Uh, Will Smith was perfect on the postseason, which is like no small thing. Like it's when you're talking about a closer there, there was no, there wasn't even like weirdness. He pitched. Uh, let's see. He pitched 11 innings and he allowed eight base runners. He struck out eight like he was just steady and there was never weirdness. You don't want weirdness in the ninth inning because then all of a sudden the monkey on your back starts to scratch a little bit. And then, you know, you stay, everyone starts to fidget. There was not a lot of fidgeting with Will Smith. I think that's unsung hero because, yeah, you saw Matzik. And Matzik maybe threw more innings. But Will Smith had calm, quiet, and super intense innings. It was just like Will Smith came in and the game's just over. And that's an unsung hero. You said he gave up nothing no hiccups. There's no stress there. That like that gets your spirit going so good. It's like this game is over. Matic, Will Smith, Mentor, these guys, they are a big, big, big engine for what made you see all of the little other things happen. Because if those guys give up anything, we're talking a different story, period. So like I you don't do it without those guys. And and I think kudos to them and I want to show show some love to uh that bullpen of the Braves. They 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 deserve it. Outstanding bullpen just in general, and I slept on them and I would like to apologize to everyone involved. I do think that if I'm gonna say the biggest factor, the biggest difference between 2020 and 2021 for the Braves, bar none. 
is Austin Riley because last year, you know, it was a pandemic year, but okay, he has a 716 OPS. His rookie season, 750 OPS. Like he was a all or nothing power hitter. He could hit the ball very, very far, but he was going to make a lot of outs. This year, not so many outs. And he was like one of those hitters where you just, how do you get this guy out? Where, where is the hole? Where are you pitching him where he's going to be like, oh gosh, I can't hit this. Like, there's nothing I can do with this. Like, where are you pitching Austin Riley now? He's 24 years old. Him stepping up to not just be like all-star candidate, you know, a solid lineup contributor, but like MVP candidate. That was the biggest factor, I think, of all. Yeah, no, I think Austin Riley 100% was, was, you know, a, the young talent that you need to make this happen. And like, by the way, you have Freddie Freeman, who was literally steady Eddie through every series. He had like little, just like, I'm Freddie Freeman, good at bats, good hit, like hit good at everywhere, which is classic Freddie Freeman. So he was a big part, but he's like the face. He's like the centerpiece. And they had a lot of the the misfits kind of joining around him. But Austin Riley was another just Freddie Freeman-like at bat from the right side. And it's good to have that balanced lineup that's lefty pop, righty pop. You have Solaire, you have Peterson, but then you have great solid at bat power, everything in Freddie Freeman. Same with Austin Riley. You're absolutely right. Like very calm, slow heartbeat for a young kid. Incredible power, incredible patience and discipline. Definitely exciting player to be watching in the future. And then when you add a Ronald Acuna to that lineup, I, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty scary team coming in. And Ozzy Albies, I think he's going to be better in the postseason moving forward. I think maybe trying to do a little too much. We didn't really see anything that exceptional from Ozzy Albies. Good base running, good defense, and and just a grinder. But I think he's going to get better when, when he starts trying to do less. But Austin Riley was a huge centerpiece of this. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. You got Austin Riley. You have uh, Acuna. He just signed a big contract, keeping him around for years and years and years. You have Ozzy Albies on uh, a deal that can keep him with the Braves uh, through 2027. Like, this is a core that is going to stick around. There's no way they're not going to sign Freddie Freeman, right? I mean, they that's where they invest all their money that they, you know, now that they've locked up Riley and or Acuna and uh, Albies and Riley's going to be around for a while. You invest in Freddie Freeman, right? 
I mean, I don't know. I think so. Like, right? It makes sense. Like, he's been there so long. They just won the World Series. But you never know because I think there's going to be a lot of other teams that are very excited to try to sign Freddie Freeman. So these are things that are the business side of baseball. It, it can get kind of kind of scary, but I, it just seems like he's a guy that's going to stay in Atlanta. But at the same token, you know, everyone very rarely do you get the Craig Biggios that stay for forever. But he seems like if there is one, he's one. Yeah, no, it's just I'm I'm just impressed with the youth and it all coming together. I mean, we're not even talking about Dansby Swanson. He's been a revelation for the Braves over the last few years. He's like they just have such a good young core that it makes it so that when you look back at the trade deadline and they were scuffling, maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that uh, you know their front office believed in that young core because you look at the names, you look at the pitchers, and you look at their ability to source good talent from from all over the the homegrown talent, the the repurposed talent. Like maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that they looked at this and said, "Yeah, I don't buy that record. I think they're better." Here's my question: Is like they got a lot of pieces that I think teams were just like I don't think they gave up the farm for any of these. No. These weren't like the these weren't like the blockbusters. They're really good players, really good veterans that they weren't giving away very much. They were literally just taking on salary. I think because these are guys that are getting paid some money, and these are teams that are losing that want to dump salary because they're not going to have fans in the stands. And the Braves are like, hey, we still think we got a chance. We're not going to give up like our talent of the future, but we'll pay some money to make this run because we have a team that's ready now. We lost our superstar. We got to fill this gap. It makes sense. It all it all is very logical. If they had to give away their farm, uh, or if they did like the the blockbuster Scherzer Trey Turner, that's a different story when you're down five games. It's so funny how clear it is in retrospect. Like, you know, the Dodgers did make that that whopper of a deal and it looked great. It still kind of looks great for now, but they traded their best hitting prospect and their best pitching prospect. You go to the Blue Jays for trading uh, trading for Jose Barrios. They did it as much for next year as this year, but they gave up some of their, their best talent in the farm system. And then it's like the Braves who come along and just say, uh, yeah, we'll take it. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Well, you know, it's, it's not like these were getting the headlines. I would bet you that there's some poor writer out there who was like grading the drafts who maybe even skipped over the Braves. You know what I mean? He was on a deadline and just said, uh, Blue Jays, A+, plus, Dodgers, A+, plus, Braves. Yeah, I don't need to worry about that. You know what I mean? Like those are those kind of moves and it ended up, those were the moves that won the World Series. You know, Marco Scudero, blo- we called yes. him Blockbuster <laughs> in 2012. There's no way we win it without him. And uh, it's those little gritty veterans. You got to get You got to have them. Talk me through what the Braves are feeling. So 2012, you, so 2011, you had a, a, a great season with the Phillies. The Phillies were the favorites. And then they just, man, that was just a painful loss in the postseason. So you're primed, you're hyped, you're ready. 2012, you know, the Giants were behind uh, 0-2 in the NLDS. They're behind 3-1 in the NLCS. And then they win. How are you feeling? How are the Braves feeling? Like, wh- How do you wrap your head around it? How do you spend the next week, the next month? Like, What is it like? Most likely you have text messages from everyone you've ever heard of and more. Uh, <laughs> so you have like a hundred and some text messages of congratulations and people rooting for you in your hometown. You're definitely exhausted 
you're drained and you're you're celebrating. You're very happy. You're excited to the season's over. You're getting ready for the parade and you're just responding to everyone as best you can. Enjoying a couple, you know, cigars or whatever you like to enjoy if you don't drink or if you do drink. And you're just like spending time with your family and uh, going to enjoy the parade. But this is where I think it becomes very, very hard to win back to back is a lot of times when you succeed, you celebrate like when you don't succeed you are preparing and building and working and driving so there's very few kobe bryants like to win the thing like if you lose it it's easy to go in the next day and to be training again if you lose the championship if you win the thing and you go the next day to be training that's insane and that's what's it's very hard because there's a lot of motivation every time you lose to keep pushing and pulling but every when you win you relax a little bit it's a really complex cocktail because not only are you like the motivation, maybe you, you take a step back, but also you've played more. You've played like an extra, you know, maybe week compared to everyone else or maybe two weeks or maybe an entire month. You've played an extra and it's not just like a couple of games here and there. It's grinding games for an extra week or two weeks or three weeks. And then it's like, well, are you a little, you know, is the motivation different? I think that combined with, with each other just makes it so, so hard to, especially in baseball to repeat as champions there's a lot of things to add into this is like you need to have a rest period so these guys they, they played all of these grindy games or whatever and they're going to relax and celebrate and then you need a rest period while by the way a lot of the major leaguers are like already training while the playoffs is going on they've started their training and their workouts but it's mostly taxing to the pitching the arms that are going that deep, that's where it's hard to rebuild, recover, and get back and be ready for next season. But even more so than that, to me, is like, this is a lifetime achievement you just made a World Series champ, like to win a World Series. It's a lifetime achievement. And you want to like, take that in because you worked your whole life for it. You want to like, enjoy it, especially for a lot of these people who it's their first one, like to get back into grinding the psychotic, the, the soul power it takes to go and do all of that. I mean, yeah, they're going to be professional. They're going to do their thing, but there's a different energy behind doing your work versus like driven from the pain of a loss that close. Does that make sense? Like the Braves have been driven by that pain over and over. That gives you extra to what it takes to, to get there. So, so yeah, it's a toll on the arms. You have less time to train. You have less time to recover. It's a quick turnaround for these World Series teams. But that's where I thought like the 2020 Dodgers could have had a good... Uh, a good little opportunity to be back-to-back. But at the same token, it's still a different drive. And I think there was a, a lot of X factors with the Dodgers and Giants as far as that's concerned. But that's kind of my take on where it's super amazing to watch what the Yankees did back in the day where they won a whole bunch in a row. It felt like in retrospect, that is way more amazing than I gave it credit for. Because at the time, it just felt like, yeah, well, there go the Yankees again. You know, it's just that they're just the best team. And yes, they were. Uh, you know, that 98 team might be the best team of, of my lifetime. But at the same time, it, it kind of gives them like uh, not enough credit to go back there and be hungry. And just like all of those guys, you know, the Bernie Williams, the Andy Pettits, just to be so consistent. I mean, obviously, Derek Jeter gets a lot of the credit, Mariano Rivera. But just like everyone was so consistent on those teams in, in retrospect, it was more amazing than I think. It was less of a foregone conclusion than I think I, I gave it credit for back then. And that was a, a run of a, like a special, special run. And I think when you were, while, while it was going on, you were like, oh, of course the Yankees. But now that I've like been, a, like, because I was young, I didn't know that much. Like now that I've played, it gives you a whole newfound respect for 
the group of leaders they had, the mindset, the determination. Like, because Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens came over to the Astros for a little bit while I was in the minor leagues. And they started running the Astros like back in in the day to the they were going to the playoffs in the World Series when they were there uh, when it was Roger and Andy. Uh, that's where they lost to the the White Sox. But some of the little things like Andy Pettit psychology of it, he only listened to like Rocky themed every time he was working out. Like I had the Tiger, we are the champions. Like like I noticed that the music that he listened to that he left into the in the clubhouse. He wasn't even there when I was there. Was all about being a champion. So like they were working on their mind. They were very disciplined, very diligent, and uh, I think that you can definitely respect and really. Just be like, whoa, that was an amazing time, an amazing team. Even though it was the, you know, like it was the Yankees who've won a lot. Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, but Mariano Rivera, that back into the bullpen. They had a couple other dudes. Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens, Musina. Uh, who was the other? There was a couple other like really nasty. You had uh, uh, Nelson. He was a nasty. Uh, Graham Lloyd was nasty. I mean, they had. Who was their other starter that that was in that run? Was Musina there for that? Uh, Messina was there for a little bit later, but in that one that you're going to go with Orlando Hernandez, David Cohn. I mean, like, yeah, man, David some Cohn. legends going on Orlando there. Orlando Hernandez, yeah. So anyway, it was pretty spectacular what they were able to accomplish. Now the Braves are going to do a parade. Uh, just give us a little taste. What's the parade like? Like, how surreal is it? Or is it just like, are you watching it and going like, oh, heck yeah, like. This is the culmination. Like, what? what's the parade like? It's special. It's spectacular. It's a memory of a lifetime. It's sharing the, the joy. And, like, I don't think you realize, or at least me personally, I didn't realize the impact it has on a city to be in the World Series and, like, how uplifting it is. And, you know, to me it was, like, I did a lot of, like, mental, like, what, what do you call it, prayer or meditation of, like, I wanted to share joy in the cities and I would mentally focus on that. And I want to, you know, be an inspiration like these were things and like seeing the joy on their faces, it was like this manifestation of what I, my heart's desire was and people hanging from trees to wave at you. And, you know, you're just saying thank you. And you're just like, thanks for supporting. Thanks for being there. Thanks for coming. And it definitely is a, a very surreal, very, uh, I guess, uh, humbling experience. One of my favorite all-time memories, not just in baseball, not just professionally, but in life, was the 2014 parade because... Uh, I got a press pass for my father-in-law and he was a, a semi, he's an amateur photographer, but he was really damn good. He had really good equipment. And so I'm sitting there and, and we are on the other side and he's there taking pictures and uh, he passed away a couple years after that. Between then and, and when he passed, he would always bring up that memories. Just like, that was the coolest, man. That was, you know, just being there and seeing the the, the crowds and the, the players. And like, he would go through the pictures and he loved that memory. And I loved that memory with him. So like, those are the little moments where like, I just I think about the 2014 season and it's not like the baseball was cool and writing about baseball was cool, but it's like those little moments where you get to appreciate like, okay, this is different. Take a step back. Like, wow, we really get to appreciate something. It's a memory of a lifetime. And like, you know, sometimes you forget because you do a lot and you have a lot of failures as well. But like people will sometimes thank me for the memories randomly. And I'm just like, yeah, I had no idea. Like, I'm just out here giving my all and, and doing my best. But like, it was my honor. It was my privilege to get to play and be a part of that and these great teams. So that's what's special about sports is it unites communities, it unites cities, it unites families. 
And I'm sure kids today are going to have pearl necklaces all over the place in Atlanta. They're going to remember that and how fun that is and how much just that that eclectic personality and 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 they're all going to sh- you know share this memory for a lifetime and like you said with when the giants lost to the dodgers in the playoffs don't worry it'll only haunt you the rest of your life which it will it can be the great joy the rest of your life or the great haunt the rest of your life you feel it It'll stick there. All right. This has been episode 32 of the Baseball Barista. We will be back uh, not next week, but we're going to do like an every other week thing going on for the the near future. Uh, I wanted to plug Evan Drellich. He's got a new show about the business of baseball. That's going to be under the Athletic MLB Show uh, brand, and that's going to be on Wednesdays. So he is a smart cookie. He's going to talk about the business of baseball, and let's see if there's anything going on. Oh, there's like the expiration of the collective bargaining agreement. It's going to be a big off-season for the business of baseball. So hope you'll listen to that. And thanks for listening. We know who won the World Series. Who's going to win it next year, Hunter? Well, there's a lot of time between now and then. I got to see the moves. I got to see who signs who. You can't pick right now. We need no. more information. Oh, man. No, but it's it's been a blast doing this with you. 32 episodes. We've like spent a day of our life a little bit more than that talking to each other. So it, it's been a lot of fun. It's it, I, It's been a heck of a season, man. Yeah, it's been. A, it was a great season, um, man. Uh, I, I literally like mic drop. I I picked the World Series champion at the beginning <laughs> of the season. Can't get any better than this. I'm out. No, but it's been awesome getting to talk baseball with you, Grant. It's always fun. I look forward to it. And we still aren't done. We got a couple more episodes. We do. We do. This is not the full goodbye. This is just goodbye for now. This has been episode 32. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back and we'll talk baseball because that's what we do. Thanks so much. Book this. Bravos to the World Series and winning it all. I love coffee! <laughs>